Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. This week I talked to Marsha Culver. She's a body worker or a massage therapist. She's also a healer who uses Celtic music and sound as part of her healing practice. She wrote a chapter in the book, The Ancestors Within. We talked about ancestral and family healing. You know, what they are, similarities, differences, benefits, and honestly, she has yet to uncover any downfalls to either practice and more. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, healer, and a guide. I upload interviews, channeling sessions, and information about topics that are interesting to me on Thursdays. Then on Mondays, I upload a relevant meditation. You'll find I have over 145 episodes uploaded. Some of them were sponsored to help drive some income my way. Well, that sponsorship has moved on. So now I really encourage you to like, comment, subscribe, and share my links. I also encourage you to donate to my Ko-fi account, and that link is in the description box. Or better yet, contact me at suzy at bluelightninghealing.com to schedule a Zoom appointment. There you will get personalized focus on your energetic healing, clearing a path to your heartfelt life. Blessings. And cue. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins and I I have a podcast. <laughs> and I get to interview amazing people. I met Marsha. Gee, we met did we meet through the MeWe online events? We did. Okay. Yeah. Then we both took Galactic Ashley's Light Language Activation Intensive. I don't, I don't know. It was a long name. And right. I've gotten to experience some of your expertise at these online events. And that's when I went, oh, because you mentioned you were part of an ancestral healing book. Yes, I had am. A book. And so that's when I thought, make a note, talk to Marsha. And so, tra-la, you're here. I'm so excited. Woohoo! <laughs> So, Marsha, please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Marsha Culver Reichert, and I go by Marsha Culver on the internet. My website is marshaculver.com, and I am an author in a book called The Ancestors Within. The main author on that book is Amy Gillespie Daughtry, and she is an author of several other books as well. But I was asked to come into this book because I do do ancestral healing, and I have a lot. Well, I have a lot of fun with my job all the way around, but ancestral healing is something that's super close to my heart because I had a lot of ancestral wounds that I needed to heal, that I needed to get over. And we have successfully done that, I believe. <gasps> awesome. So <laughs> that's what got me into it. And I continue to help people with it. And sometimes it's extremely fascinating what you can help people with. So. And the stories behind everything. Ah, cool. So love the stories. what is ancestral healing or, and yeah, ancestral healing, all the wounds, what, what is that? What precipitates it? Well, one of the oh. biggest things that I've seen is one of, is a fear that you have that you, that you don't remember developing the fear, but you have that, but your grandmother had that fear. You know, so, and it might be that, that somebody had the fear of five generations back and you've never even met this person, but it could be cleared by doing ancestral healing. 
And the other thing is that gifts and talents can come up through the generations from by ancestral healing as well. Most of us that do ancestral healing will tap into both the trauma and the magic that can come up, the gifts that can come up from these ancestors. Trying to think of an example, an exact example. One of the, I guess the one that I put in the book was the um, propensity to attract the same kind of person, somebody that abuses you all the time. And even if you weren't abused in your lifetime, but somebody down the line was, or up the line, whichever, <laughs> whichever way you look at it, a grandmother or a grandfather, then you can pick up those same circles and cycles and those can come into your life without you actually knowing it. So then we can help you break that cycle and break that break that whole chain of abuse so that your kids don't have that same abuse system. Fascinating. Know. Yeah. It, it, so ancestors first would be anybody who came before you, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then descendants. Yeah. Wyatt Larson had to say, no, the word you're looking for, Susie, is descendant. It's like, okay. So it is. <laughs> He's very good with that, isn't he? <laughs> yes. Stay in the moment. So our job as being in body right now is to, well, first off, become aware of what's going on. And is it always one person's job? Is it always their duty or responsibility to heal the ancestors? No, I don't think so. I believe that in order to heal yourself, then you ferret out these things, you figure out what's going on, and then you heal that. Now, like say my sister and I might have different problems and different ways of looking at things. So I would want to heal one thing, but she wouldn't even have that problem. And then she might have an entirely different problem. Okay. So working on oneself, which, you know, all of this has opened up the whole shadow work box here. I can understand not taking responsibility for another person's problems because as healers, we don't fix everybody. Like I tell my, my clients, I don't cure anything but bacon. And yes. it's our responsibility to heal ourselves. Right. Your clarification that you have this and you, your sister has that, and those aren't always the same. That really helps. Good. I, I think I will touch on family healing later on, but ancestral healing is not exactly the same as say a family healing, right? Right. I don't look at it the same. We are each responsible for ourselves. And in family healing, I, I believe that we might be influencing somebody in our family. And the fact that we are influencing them is their deal, right? So um, we can heal the whole family, but that's a little bit different than ancestral healing. And wherein most of these people aren't alive anymore for once. In ancestral healing. Right, right. Okay, exactly. Okay. Okay. So we're healing wounds that got passed down generationally in our genes. Okay, so I was about to go there. So it's like in our DNA that this can even become um, yes. encoded into. Right, okay. that whole deal about epigenetics and how things can ride on the genes, all of, <laughs> all okay. of that can be discussed in all of this, yeah. Okay, so there's a lot of deep, deep healing that can occur when one looks at their ancestral line. So if you don't have the story of the ancestors, like, you know, I think my youngest sister has done some genealogical, that's a hard word to say, uh, <laughs> some genealogical research into our family. And she hit a roadblock at somebody on my maternal grandfather's side. And then 
and all that. Do you necessarily need to know your lineages, your genealogy to do this? No. In fact, I had an aunt that did genealogy and we've gone back um, centuries, hundreds of centuries, I would say. Wow. <laughs> um, at, an insane amount to me, things that I don't even care about anymore, but some of the... <laughs> The, the kings in England, you know, and, and I always think, oh my Lord, there's some healing I have to do. <laughs> if I'm related to the kings in England, because <laughs> a lot of them were crazy, but um, <laughs> I got way off track there, sorry. But I don't think we need to know necessarily the names of the people or where they live, although that might influence a bit. But I don't think we need to know that. What we need to know is this. I look at them as strength, as energy strength. So if I have a problem that I have a fear of water and I haven't figured out where that fear came from in this lifetime or when I've been hypnotized for past lifetimes, I haven't figured out where that came from. We can be hypnotized as well to look at our generational healing or uh, the generational healing that we might need to do. So you might find that fear of water coming from a grandmother, and then you can help that grandmother heal her fear of water and then bring that into you, if that makes any sense. <laughs> I hope okay. it does, because that's what I do all the time. Okay, so, no, I, it does make sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, so under hypnosis, I'm, I'm kind of hung up on this past life regressions. That mm -hmm. would be from my understanding, from the way I use it, is that that would be what my path, my soul is taken. But that's not mm -hmm. necessarily ancestral. I mean, that's right. not that bloodline. Right. Okay. Two, uh, two entirely different things for me. Okay. That's what I was wondering. When I think about ancestors, I see these lines that go back and, and then they branch out because, you know, you've got you, your parents, and then your parents' parents. And then it gets exponentially long, larger or wider, a wider spread of branches to find, say, you mentioned a, a threat of abuse in a family. See, now they're, I'm getting shown, it's like, no, see, we can do it this way. So you may see that all of those, the myriad people who have made you up genetically, but then I'm seeing like this particular line that is hitting different people. So I could see that as right. being an ancestral means of healing. Okay. Wow, that's mm -hmm, fascinating. Mm -hmm. And what, to me, that looks like kind of like a spider web that's going through, or, you know, yeah, yeah. an energy web, you know, that's yeah. going through. Yeah. Or a tree or something, you know, but whatever kind of branchy mm -hmm. thing you've got, that's amazing. Okay. And then as you heal yourself, then you can heal those who come after you, whether it's biological or energetic or any, would it right. affect your future lives as this aspect of your soul? Would that I would say that it would. I, I had never thought about that before, but yeah, I would say the the more we heal in this lifetime, the better off we are in the next lifetimes. You know, okay. so and then their soul contracts. Bring it. Right. So mm -hmm. then a soul contract could just toss that out the window. Okay. So. Exactly. <laughs> well. uh, there's always that. Swell. Swell. <laughs> Being a cosmic overachiever. Excellent. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I've met some clients that I went, wow, you really decided to do a lot in this lifetime. <laughs> yeah. It's like, gee whiz. Okay. So right. 
we've just glossed over some of the benefits, healing yourself and healing others. What are other benefits that, that can arise from ancestral healing? Well, I love that I've known people who went into the same line of work as an ancestor without even realizing that they did that. And then when they connect with this ancestor, then energetically, then they're able to bring more of that in. One man was, he made shoes for a living. And that's not a, a craft that we really do anymore, right? So you can't look to your peers to know how to make better shoes necessarily. But he could connect with his great-grandfather who did make shoes and was really, really well-respected for that. Oh. And then and then allow that energy to come into him. And he, even if it's just meditating on, I have this problem, you know, I can't get, I don't know what thread to use, or I don't know how to keep the soul on well enough, then you can connect into that ancestor, meditate on that and ask them to help you with this. And it might be that you look at that as a guide, however, whatever works for you. That's what I always say, but no, that's um, an excellent example because my middle son wants to be a CPA and that's what um, my father did and his father did. So it's like, hey, you guys go on over and help Christopher there. That would be great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. I'll send my mom. Well, <laughs> my mom was a CPA and I thought I needed to be as well. And <laughs> um, I am not like my mom. <laughs> In that aspect. Oh, yeah. look, some family very healing. Different. <laughs> yes, very much. Yes. <laughs> so thank you, folks. We just figured out the difference. Thanks for listening. No, no, we're going to keep going. <laughs> well, and then there's the, the fact that I am, I feel a lot like my grandmother who I never met, but she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And I think the reason she was diagnosed with schizophrenia was that she heard voices and her world looked a lot different than anybody else's world. And if I were to talk to people who didn't believe in what I do, then my world would look entirely different. And they would wonder if I was, <laughs> if I were sane or not, you know? Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. I was on a dark highway with my best friend and we were driving out just way far out to pick up some stuff. She's driving and she looked at me. She said, so Susie, what is it that you do? And I went full on. I didn't hold back. It's like I channel and bring through divine and void. And, and she's driving and she just sat there and went, huh. <laughs> right. She I brought get that me reaction back. a lot. <laughs> I didn't get thrown out of the van. She brought me back. And oh. So yeah, trying to, I, and yeah. And that's a whole nother topic. A whole nother like mass meaning is to say, why do we feel the need to justify what we do? Oh boy. Yeah. Moving on. Don't want to get stuck there. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There's some benefits would be to resolve ongoing issues or at least inherited issues, breaking cycles. I like that idea of breaking these cycles. That's what I've done. At least that's what I'm hope I'm doing. Cause I, my mother had colon cancer. My oldest sister had breast cancer. This is not a new story for anybody who listens. And when I got those diagnoses, I said, I have to change the end of the story because they, yeah, right. they didn't survive it. And, and they did genetic testing on me and everything. And out of the 24 known cancer markers, I tested negative all of them. Wow, so, that's amazing. So watching these professionals sit around scratching their heads and what? 
the hell? Oh, you know, and I'm just over here going, I don't know. You guys just <laughs> you know, do what you need to, man. And I threw it out the window. <laughs> I told you I'd change the end of the story. And so now that's what I hope is that even if I'm long gone, I'm haunting my children to get that first scan done when they're 35 because I didn't do it. And there I was at 51 going, okay, world's turned upside down. This is what I signed on to do. Maybe not next time. That is one of the biggest goals. One of the most important goals I have is to change, to break that cycle. Yes. So, and I have both rheumatoid arthritis and cancer coming down the line. So I'd like to switch both as well. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not just the physical healing that we look at we look at emotional healing so exactly we talked about you know breaking cycles of abuse i i understand that um alcohol doesn't run in my family it pretty much gallops to take a line of a play yes and so i have for my part i feel i've got that at bay it's not a crazy craving but it's something i'm aware of and then with my blood sugar issues i'm like oh no that's gonna screw that up so i just don't bother with it then over the summer, my boys who are of age, they're like, let's try this. And they're watching those food videos. They're making up these absurd drinks. And my oldest mm. has got a way better liquor cabinet than I ever did. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And so he's playing with stuff. But that first time, first and second time we tried it, I felt very triggered. And I explained it to them. Right. And I'm saying, mm-hmm. I don't want to stop you from this exploration but I'm not going to take a huge part in that because it does trigger me. Right. And if I don't yeah. lay so much emphasis on it or like, oh, you have to have a drink to be cool, to, to be social, to be fill in the blank, whatever malarkey there is there. Yeah. I just wanted to break that cycle for me. And so I can see that's okay. I'm looking at it now from this ancestral versus family healing. So that for me would be a family healing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're now we're bringing it back over, <laughs> bringing it back over to ancestral healing benefits. I, I don't, is there any downside to it? You know, I haven't run into one. I suppose that if you had somebody like you, maybe were related to Hitler, you might not want to know everything, right? That's an extreme example. But at the same time, he had his good aspects. He did have the speaking power to turn people, to get people to do what he wanted to do. So that's not a bad thing. That would be something you want to bring down. So I think it depends on the situation. But I've never seen a downside as long as the energy is all about healing for your highest good. Okay. Yeah. Healing for the highest good. Oh, mm-hmm. I had something. I, I, I tend to brain fart on these things. I get thinking. So mm-hmm. you were talking about Hitler and bringing through that. Oh, part of what I've discussed previously with others about shadow work is being afraid of what you're going to find. Yes. <laughs> so that's a valid concern. It's like, geez, what is all of this going to bring up? And that's where, you know, the self-care, looking at it, As a healing, I think you just mentioned intention, having a good intention and also calling in help. Yes. Because being afraid of what you're going to find in that process, but that is an intrinsic part of shadow work and healing is that you are going to find things. And when you get to that point where you're finding something, when you find something that you feel is beyond that an individual would find is beyond their scope of coping, of, of healing, of dealing with that's when one calls in a practitioner. Yes. 
And some of these things, you know, with with ancestral healing, I kind of believe that you have to have someone there with a different perspective than yours, perhaps, to help you go to the correct places. So if I were working, I've needed help working on my ancestors having problems, especially the women in my family, having problems speaking out when we shouldn't necessarily. <laughs> you know, I'm a proponent of please say it, say your truth, you know, but there are times when you don't exactly want to do that and you might get in trouble, in a lot of trouble for doing that. So I needed someone else's help, even though I am a practitioner of this. Boy, I can talk about that. I needed someone else's help with a different view on everything to go to the correct place. I mean, I was going to places that I knew about and she could get me to a space where it was way, way back, five generations back, I think, five or six, where it actually started and then we, we can correct from there and relax the energy if nothing else. So I believe that in that particular instance, I knew that I needed to hold back, but at the same time, when I'm holding back, other people can feel that energy of me holding back. Yeah. So then it gets really wonky <laughs> and calming that energy so that I, and, and having some discernment in when I can speak out and when I can't, you know, like if I'm in front of a judge who thinks that I ought to be able to heal why I go to jail all the time, <laughs> I shouldn't probably say, but you need to heal what I'm seeing, you know, <laughs> I should shut my mouth and just accept that. <laughs> okay. Discernment. That's a really yeah. big, important concept there. <laughs> This is why I have editing software so I can cut out that, which is not appropriate for, you know, the things I say. So <laughs> you can't do that IRL in real life. That just it felt so weird to say it that way. Yeah, you can't really do that in real life. So, okay. So there are times when that balance is required. Right. Okay. I like the image of relaxing energy because I was shown an image of the origin of some sort of energy and it's all spiky and compressed. Right. Mm -hmm. And then as it flows out through the generations, when you go back to that original point, you can at least relax it and have it be a, a, a more curvy flow as opposed to the peaks and valleys there. So right. I can see, right. where, yeah, energetically, that would be a cool thing. Are there mm -hmm. any kind of special tools one needs in order to do oh. this? <laughs> I know this, the this fingers are going, Meditation is always an amazing tool for, for these things and especially connecting with your ancestors. If there's someone you have a name of or an energy of that you want to connect with, then you can ask them to come in while you're doing your, your hypnosis. No, your meditation. In this book that I'm in, The Ancestors Within, there are 25 different ways to do that, 25 different tools to connect with your ancestors. So it might be meditations and it might be rituals and it might be, it might be doing genealogy. There is a woman in the book that talks about how to do genealogy, an easier way to, to get through things. There is one woman in the book that talks about going physically to the places where all of her grandfathers lived and getting 
physical dirt and bringing it back and planting the tree in her yard oh. and of planting a family tree with all the family dirt from the oh, <laughs> so I find awesome. that an amazing tool to connect you know in each place she sat and meditated so that she could understand her ancestors more I just find that an amazing tool one of my co-authors too is Emmy Doltry, and I think I mentioned her before. She looks at the irises of the eyes and can tell you where you might have issues dealing with things. In fact, she's the one that told me about the not speaking out problem that, <laughs> that my generations have. And then she can also look at wonderful things that have been passed down through the generations in the iris. There are so many different tools that you can look at. It's just amazing. Oh, so. wow. <laughs> so you don't have to have the things. I'm sure there are crystals related, record keeper stones. And sure. But it feels to me that it's more important to have the, of course, intention is like nine tenths of everything, your intention going into a project or I like the idea of a ritual, you know, maybe you could take some of these stones that you research or have a particular connection with the generational thing, mm -hmm. making a wand that incorporates yes. all those and using those, those things to be used in ritual. But ritual is not always, you know, naked under the moon because some days right. I think it's just too damn cold, <laughs> but something that, that you do with intention, there's that word again. And, yes. and that imbues it with power. I, that's cool. That's amazing. And even wouldn't even learning from other people's experiences, say from your book. Oh, yeah. That's yes, definitely that's... key to it. Right. And if you think about, you know, you mentioned stones. If you think about it, jewelry is often passed down through the generations and it might be on the male side or it might be on the female side, but it carries energy. You know, things carry energy. Yeah. So if, if you want to get closer to your great grandmother who handed down this ring. You can do that. Or if you want to, if you know someone had had a certain gift that you want, you know, maybe, maybe the gift of second sight, psychic sight, then um, you can maybe use their ring or their necklace or whatever. That's a great idea as well. Yeah. And the connection between the families, my youngest sister was very close to our maternal grandmother. And she's like, yeah. what do you have that's hers? You know, it's like, well, here, I've got this in her handwriting. <gasps> so whether I <laughs> pass it over to her or not, she certainly has pictures of recipe cards was the last thing I sent to her. And this one was in oh. my oldest sister's hand. And this was in mom's hand. And here's one in mommy Pat's hand and, and stuff like that. So I can see where, it, you know, I don't know for her if it's more of a family healing, but even then those pictures, you know, that could, well, um, the Latino culture has Dios de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead, and that's right. um, mm -hmm. end of October, first, first of November. And I have seen at a place called Teatro Dallas, which was the Hispanic theater in Dallas, and they had, for their Day of the Dead, they had all of these shrines constructed and displayed. Mm, so beautiful. making this, oh, it was amazing to <laughs> see bad. it, you know, like yeah. this woman's grandfather loved his tequila so there was a bottle and a shot glass and then all the other things there and you know there was the 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 bowl they used uh to the mortar and pestle of sort of things to to make the masa for all these things so it's very oh, beautiful it wow. was so 
culturally enlightening for me yeah um to have a culture that goes no we're we're gonna go out and clean out those graves as opposed to other cultures like oh no 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 we don't <laughs> age no right oh no there is nothing in that closet <laughs> right right so which is i would see that would be a great generational thing to do whether it's somebody who who had those family secrets those always intrigue me yeah um, so that's in the family yeah let's go ahead we've got time um and the process we talked about tools which you took a whole different way i'm thinking oh there's this wand there there's this thing here this thing <laughs> and you're like no there's a process here we've got rituals we've got meditations so yeah, let's go ahead and jump a little bit into family healing if you want. We have touched on yeah. it quite a bit here, and I do see how they are interwoven mm -hmm. as processes. Is there a direction of healing? Like, is it most effective if someone's got several issues to look at? Is there a direction where healing ought to happen or could happen? That would be, I guess that depends. See, the more I talk, the more I realize this is a kind of an absurd question. <laughs> it's like... That's totally okay. <laughs> I understand. And if I could complete the question, that would be really great. <laughs> but, so I understand that there's an importance in healing your family, healing your place in the family. And that will, yes. I believe, have an impact on your descendants. Right. Is there, is it supposed to make logical sense if you heal, say your, your parents and then their grandparents and, and back that way, or do you go all the way back to the beginning? I guess it depends on, I don't know, Marcia, you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it would be, it would depend on what you wanted to heal. You know, if, if you, well, here's an example. When I said that my family is from the Kings in um, England. So King Henry VIII, I'm related to King Henry VIII. I'm not so positive on that one. I think Rich, Richard the Lionhearted, yes, but I can't remember for sure. But it seems like they were all the same family. Anyway. And that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But it's not in the purview of this one, though. <laughs> I can direct people over to other places. Right, right. So if, if I specifically know that I brought something down from that lineage, then yes, I would want to heal that. I would want to go back that far. But if I, if it's something that I don't think started back quite that far, you know, like I have a fear of automobiles. Automobiles weren't around that back then. So we have to go closer for that, that particular fear. So we wouldn't have to go back that far. So I think it really depends on what you need to heal and what the issue is going on in, in yourself. And whether or that be a physical thing, which I have done, absolutely done physical healings that required going generationally. But I've also done emotional healings, more, probably more emotional healings which they, I think they're both attached, but again, that's another one. <laughs> <laughs> I've done probably more emotional healing so that I bring in the good emotions from and, and heal from okay. everything that's happened. Would you like to hear one story that I think that's actually, how do you say that? Tell the story, Marcia. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I just... <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only just, one brain farting on words, man. It's fine. Just got really distracted by my computer. I would think that it would just shut everything else down when I'm on one of these calls, but no. 
So I was asked by a client if I could help her get rid of a curse that is a documented curse that they actually have documented in the Smithsonian Museum from her family. And oh. she is, oh boy, she's Native American Indian. We'll just say that. The tribe right now probably doesn't matter. But what had happened was one man tried to steal away the wife of another man in the tribes. Both of them were very, very high in the culture, you know, cultural leaders. And the, the first man, the man with the wife, put a curse on the other one. And so her family was the one that carried the curse. She told me the details about, about all of this. And right now I can't remember all the details. And <laughs> I do remember that what I found fascinating was that I use a lot of Celtic music in my healing work. And because it was Celtic music and not Native American music, it kind of tricked them a little bit into relaxing so that I could tap in a little more into each side. So both sides felt wounded. And when we brought the energy of love, and I asked her to help me with that, I asked her to see all three of these people and bring in the energy of love and tell them how much it was affecting everything. So it wasn't just her side and her lineage, but it was affecting the other side as well. When we were able to heal all that, she stopped having car accidents every year. She every stopped year? Every year. Holy <laughs> She has been healthy and not having these exponentially horrible things happen to her continuously. So, and then she's reported that the other family as well has become more happy, more, <laughs> has had more pleasant surroundings, we'll say. And so both sides were able to heal that. That was such an honor to be involved in something like that. And, and such a wonderful story to be able to share with other people of how effective it can be. Okay, so you were talking about the family who, uh, a Native American curse, you brought in the love to it. Mm -hmm. And it healed both sides of the family. So and I was pretty much done explaining that unless you have questions that you wanted to ask about the, about no. the situation. So it, it seems to me that you have success helping clients work on the ancestral healing. What could one expect in that session, which I already know my guys are all sitting there just going, you know, it's different from person to person. What are you? It's like, no, I want people to know what the potential is here. This is possibilities. We're not talking writing in stone and they're all just, they're all over there just going, ugh, humans. <laughs> Uh, of course they are, because they oh, think dear. they usually are. <laughs> Look, you people are so, so linear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but when I do have a client come in for a session, I usually don't have somebody specifically say, I need to come to you for generational healing. Okay. What happens is that we discover what's going on through working either with the body or with the energies. And I do a massage as well sometimes, not always, but it might Ooh. be that I'm touching your body. Hmm? I was going to ask, does it, has it come up during body work sessions? Oh my God. Oh yes. 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 Always. Oh, cool. <laughs> so, you know, man, I, you're in a different time zone too, man. God. <laughs> Oh, 
will all be out there. I'll be out there before the end of the summer, I bet. <laughs> Let me know. So <laughs> I might touch your shoulder and tell you that doesn't even feel like yours. Can I ask you if I can tap into your ancestors? And, and I will get a hint as well from spirit as to whether or not it's past lives or ancestral. And sometimes they're related, I have to tell you too. So you came in to heal specific things for you. It might show up as a pain in your shoulder, but it might be all connected. So whoever this person is that put a spear in, in the back of your shoulder or a knife in the back of your shoulder might, let's see, have carried the same energy as say your great grandfather. So we work both directions and I talk about this happened in your past life. And then I talk about, but your great grandmother on your mom's side had had this going on as well. And the energies are a lot the same. So if you, you can imagine that those two strings of energy coming into a hub and there might be other strings going off into other places. So it makes it look like a big spider web. Then we can concentrate on pulling that hub out to really relax the energies, take the darkness out of all of that and then bring in the very loving energy into all of that, that softens everything and puts you into a space where you can accept it all and relaxes that muscle. Yeah, well, I, one of the things that I, I frequently do this grounding and connection um, meditation, and it also has the bonus of a body scan in it. So hmm, yes. I'm able yeah. to look at it energetically. It has never occurred to me to bring in the ancestral aspect frequently, you know, say somebody has that shoulder mm -hmm. thing, somebody, uh, oh, what was it? I was at an event and this guy sat himself in front of me and he's like, okay, tell me about my past lives, which I'll tell the public here, please don't do that. Tell me something specific. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just tell me something specific. If you're trying to test me, I will send you over someplace else, somebody who feels mm -hmm. <laughs> justify their existence but this guy sat in front of me and said tell me about myself and it's like so okay I, I asked for consent because that's what you do and I mm -hmm. saw something in their shoulder and it was a past life injury and I said we could look at it I could help you heal it I did I actually say fix it oh no <laughs> what a newbie mistake <laughs> Oh my God. I think my oh. term is usually get rid of that. Can we, can we help okay. that go away? <laughs> okay. See, I may even scale it back. It's like, do you want me to look at it? Mm -hmm. But it, at that point it was too late because I explained the situation that was surrounding it and his arm was, was yanked off of him and blah, blah, blah. Would you like to heal it? And he said, no, thank you. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, fine. Don't you find that fascinating? <laughs> I, considering who it was, I was not surprised. It's not somebody yeah. who, yeah, I, you know, now I feel the need to justify it, but it wasn't somebody who was unaware or unwilling to heal. He just didn't buy into it, even though his partner okay. is very big in the community. But he's mm -hmm. like, no, nah, I'm good. Okay, fine. So there's that whole lesson for me in there. It's like, you know, that helped me a whole lot on that path. So I have right. been looking at it from the past life connections. Mm -hmm. And so maybe guides willing. <laughs> guides willing I can start looking there and they're like no not yet it's like okay cool uh-huh <laughs> okay so that's very cool let's see 
I, I got to run through this again in my head. We defined them. It really doesn't seem to be a downside to it. And processes, yes, pro your mileage may vary on the process and how it helps. It could be a really deep standing issue or it could just be something a little lighter. Do you need mm -hmm. ancestral cooperation with this? There are times I, I see grandmothers or grandfathers. I was Somebody asked me to tune in or I tuned into somebody's grandmother who did not want to have anything to do with me. She was like, no, she was very, but it turns out that grandmother was petulant with every reader on that panel, but I saw her with her back wow. to me. Oh yeah. She was just like, no, -uh, mm -mm, mm -mm. it's like, so was this grandmother kind of petulant and, and recalcitrant? Then the, the client went, oh yeah, that's her. <laughs> You got her. <laughs> Nailed it in one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yes and no. The um, example that I gave of the curse in the Native American tribe, those two grandfathers didn't want anything to do with it until they realized it was hurting people on both sides. It took a little coaxing for me to, you might even call it trickery, because I went about it in an entirely different way and came at it through a Celtic angle instead of a Native American angle. And I got to, I got in to talk to them in a different, in a different energy, I guess. And then they were able to see that, oh, <laughs> okay, maybe I did a, a jerk thing, you know? So <laughs> otherwise they weren't going to budge in the slightest. You know, oh. each one had his stamp and he was going to keep it that way. And this goes for the pride of my, all of my, my descendants, you know, and, and um, right. Once they realized that they were hurting both of their descendants, then it was like, okay, we need to resolve this <laughs> Okay, and allow the energy to heal. So okay. yes, the short answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> but the longer answer was very interesting. So I'm not a I'm not questioning it all. Okay, so getting ancestral help. And, and, and it does make sense that once the ancestors understand the impact of their actions have had on their descendants, because mm -hmm. I, you know, I've experienced that even in my own family. It's like, you have to have a boy. It's like, uh, God, you know, that's not my part of the equation. <laughs> I can't help you there, cowboy. So I understand being concerned for descendants and we're talking about people who have actually been in body. Now, my belief, now we're going to go a little bit up into mediumship here. My experience has been that just because you've crossed over, you've, you've transitioned from a physical to the etheric realm, you don't automatically get all the knowledge and are opened and enlightened right off the bat. There are still some vestiges of that human experience there. And so, right. Yes. It's just like this cliff <laughs> just dropped off of it because <laughs> I don't know it's where I was I, going with it. <laughs> I think I might know where you were going with it, that oh, there might please. be people that, that would be closed off still, you know, that wouldn't have the enlightenment and, and the knowledge to realize that they hurt people with this. So is that where you were going? Maybe? I don't even know. I was hoping you could just be all <laughs> psychic on me and know what I was thinking. <laughs> Well, that's what I felt. Was <laughs> that's that, good. Um, I like that. It. Trust, yeah, trust your that, intuition. Trust <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. When we die, we get to the other side. We aren't necessarily enlightened right away. We don't necessarily see what all is happening. 
I did a healing and this would have, I guess, more, more of a family healing than ancestral, but I didn't realize that my mom's soul had never connected with my brother's soul. Both had passed. I always assumed that they went up and were a big, great, big family up there, you know, Oh, but they hadn't connected. And it took me to sing for both of them, feeling one on one side and one on the other side in order for them to realize, oh, oh my God, there you are. (laughs) And then they spun up together and they went up again. And that was just such a beautiful thing, but we don't realize that they might still have those hangouts of something holding them back and connecting with each other though. That's a revelation for me. You know, my mom has crossed to a different realm. And and I I do remember very specifically, we were up here. It was that summer we moved up here. And so my oldest was three months old and I was hanging out in the the townhome and we were on the floor. We were doing our nursing thing. We were doing whatever. And I saw my mother in the rocking chair and she looked at Mm -hmm. me and she said, it's all going to be all right. And, And then she was gone. And I haven't been able to connect with her ever since. Mm. So we're talking over 25 years ago. Wow. She has been someone, I I think there's been once or twice I've asked a medium, it's like, can you see her anywhere? And they're like, no, man, she's moved on. And so when my father passed, and that would have been 40 years later, something like, well, he's been gone like four, he's over there just going, you don't know? It's like, no, dad, I don't. (laughs) Time irrelevant. And I'm in body, man. Okay. Yeah. And see, that's another thing. It's like, that's the basis of my belief that people who transition don't automatically sprout the wings because the first couple of years mm-hmm. after my dad crossed over, I'm arguing with him. I am yelling at him. I'm finally getting my, my say in. And, and he's like, okay, I get it. I get it. There's no tears. There was mm-hmm. no emotional release, but there was this moment of dude, you know, because at the end of his life, he had dementia. So He was so entrenched in dementia. All he could remember was that five o'clock whiskey. You know, that's all he could remember. So that's why that alcoholism thread. He didn't even remember that my mom had died 30 years prior. And that was just new grief coming Mm -hmm. up for him. So everybody was just like, no, just say she's out running errands and that she'll be back. That's the basis for my thought that they even need to to adjust and to transition. But there are some ancestors or family members, they don't connect or they've moved on. Right. So I'm not able to reconnect at this point. Mm-hmm. And and I would figure with ancestors, you can connect with them more likely. I think it's probably easier. I know it's easier for me. I do do some mediumship, but I not often, but I do connect with ancestors very often. Okay. And I do see them recurring in other lives as well. So your mom might've been your mother in a few other lives or your grandmother whatever. Right. So, but I think that thread makes it easier for us to connect rather than just pulling a friend, you know, <laughs> out of the other side and trying to connect with them. Yeah. I think it's easier to connect if that was your question. <laughs> easier to connect with relatives and, and okay. ancestors. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I haven't seen anything mentioned as, you know, friend healing here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that as being a thing. We could probably plant the seed of it right here. Who knows? (laughs) Sure. Well, if you witnessed a friend of yours dying, that might be a a healing that you needed to. Yeah. And see, they're all saying, Mm -hmm. no, soul family. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Nothing to trademark there. Move along. (laughs) 
Yes, yeah. <laughs> I like my guides. They get it. They get it. Absolutely. I really do think we have covered so much. This makes me very happy. Thank you so much. Good. So, this has been so great, Marcia. Thank you so much. I am so pleased Thank to you. know you. I am so pleased to have met you and, and I have experienced your singing healing and maybe, maybe that's another one. We'll see what happens. That would be awesome. Thank you, Marsha Colvert, for talking to me today about ancestral healing and how we spilled out into family healing. I am so thrilled that you've been able to take this time out of your day for me. If you would, please let everybody know how they can get a hold of you. I want to put your book link in the description. I don't know why I'm waving my notebook okay, at great. you, but um, <laughs> I wrote that it down. That's it. I made a note. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I have always loved your energies. I'm so glad we could connect on a deeper level. That's Yay. wonderful. Yay. And for the audience, I am Marsha Culver Reichert. I go by Marsha Culver. And when I'm working, you can find me on Facebook. You can find me on, oh, my Facebook business page is Channeling Divine with Marsha. My website is MarshaCulver.com. And I'll even give you my phone number. It's 406-281-0135. Cool. So thank you for having me. This is there an so email exciting. we could use? Is there an email we could use? Marsha Pulver. I should spell that out, right? M-A-R-C-I-A-C-O-L-V-E-R at gmail.com. And we'll have all of those links in the description. And Thank I you. am so excited. And you're available for online appointments in-person appointment I am. yes yes in person okay cool. cool montana is pretty open yeah so. okay but cool. i am in montana <laughs> yes so yeah i the phone call i got she's like i'm sorry i'm calling late it's like no it's not noon no time zone <laughs> <laughs> well i had you switched around as well i was thinking we were doing this at nine o'clock and then I'm like, now you're backwards again yeah <laughs> yeah I had a so, client, I didn't know what time zone she was in. So I'm thinking she wanted a nine o'clock. And I'm like, if that means I need to wake up at six, we are going to have to have some words here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. oh, I don't do six o'clock in the morning unless I can't sleep. <laughs> so, right, right. And then I probably don't want to talk to anyone at six o'clock in the morning. Nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh, so well, you get it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, thank you again. I am, I am so pleased that you talked to me and oh, that sounds weird. I'm <laughs> it's like, there's some sort of, there's some sort of restraining order. No, there's not. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I'm so glad I look forward to, to seeing you again, whether it's online and in person. Thank you. That's got yes, my spidey senses tangling there. I would Absolutely. just I would love that. I'm so ready to go out and do in-person things. You know, I've got a very maternal presence with me going, just touch her cheeks. Just, just, she just wants mm. to hold your face and, and love on you. <laughs> I love that. oh, that's you. that. Yeah. So that's one thing. <laughs> Channeling different maternal types is like, I don't want to sound like a Neil Simon, New York Jew, you know, it's, oh, you're so skinny. I can break you. <laughs> Thanks again.